the awake crowd. Boy, the first, yeah, the first service was like, they weren't getting it at all. I'd crack jokes. I did some funny things on stage and nothing happened there. So I'm expecting good things. Um, also, you know, I realized, I was checking my calendar. This is the 40th anniversary of me moving to the South. Yeah, yeah, the 40th, yeah. I mean, for a, you know, for a guy raised in Boston, then, I, so I've been in the South for 40 years. So does that make me a Southerner now? No, no, yeah, see, I, <laughs> some of you natural born folks, you got, you got issues, all right? You got real issues. But I can't believe I've been in this amazing city that once again, Southern Living, I wish they would just shut up. They would just keep, they keep picking at this, the, uh, the city to live in, in the United States, but it is an amazing place. But I will tell you this, 40 years here and I'm still not used to the pollen assault. I mean, that is, what is up with that? And it was, it's just absolutely crazy, but still the greatest place in the United States to live as far as I'm concerned. Well, welcome to um, Uncommon, and this is our last uh, uh, teaching Uncommon with small groups, and then next week we'll be having baptism, so if during this Uncommon series that you've kind of reconnected with God, or maybe you've seen that being uncommon is more than just going to church, it's, it's calling forth a little bit more out of you, it's calling for your life before God, let me encourage you to get baptized. Um, and you go to our guest services and find out, and they'll help you walk through that process. Also, we'll be having this big picnic next Saturday for all our, our uncommon small groups. Uh, if you've been a part of our group, we invite you at 5 o'clock to join us out at the farm. It's a cookout. There's animals. There's, um, uh, we won't be cooking those animals, but there are animals there for the kids, and then we'll also be playing a lot of games. It'll be a good time. So... Glad you guys are here. And this week, we're going to be talking about uncommon treasure. And, and uh, we're going to look about how we possess things. And because we all kind of possess things in a, in a common type of way. And, and we, we own things, we possess things, and we accumulate things. And I'm not saying any of this is wrong. I'm just saying that there is a common way that we as Americans own stuff or have wealth. We, we get wealth... To survive the moment. That's one of the ways. To survive the moment. And that's, we, we, we do that. We, we want to be able to eat today. Or we want to be able to pay the electric bill or put gas in our tank. So we survive the moment with our wealth. We maybe get an opportunity to enhance the moment with our wealth. That you get to upgrade your house or upgrade your ride or go on a vacation. Or maybe you have enough money where you can actually enhance the type of TV that you're looking at or the kind of education that your children are getting. So that we tend to move from survive the moment to enhance the moment. And then we move to that place where I'm kind of at in my life is where we're trying to save the moment. We're trying to preserve a standard of living that I could maintain moving forward even if I don't have a job. Um, Not that I'm planning on losing my job anytime soon, But the idea that we want to survive the moment, we want to enhance the moment, then we want to save the moment, we want to preserve the moment. And so we use our money in a very common way around this type of movement. And again, I'm not saying there's intrinsically anything wrong with that, 
But that tends to be the common way to use our money and how to use our treasure and our resources. But today we're going to be talking about that God is, is wanting to, us to be uncommon with our treasure in addition to all that. And that God wants us to create spaces with our treasure where we honor him and where we help others. And you're going to hear that pairing together. It's kind of like the DNA of what we're talking about today. You're going to hear about honoring God and helping others. Because they seem to be, you can't pull them apart and keep the DNA of Christianity in place. That God is going to use our treasure to create spaces and occasions and moments where we not only survive, we not only enhance, we not only save our lives, but we also bring about honoring of God and help to other people. So we're going to use a story from the Old Testament, and it gives us a literal example of what this is like. And we're going to read a story about David. And David wants to build the temple of the Lord. Now, the temple was a place in the Hebrew mind, and I think even in religious people's minds today, maybe even like a building like this, is, is, is a place where the habitat of God would happen and where people would go and, and seek God, seek for his, his intervention and his help and compassion in their lives. When the story of the Bible started off, we started off with a place, a habitat, where Adam and Eve were with God, and that was a place where God met with them and met their needs, and they honored God, and, and there was a lot of flourishing that went on in this space. This was a temple space, and it was, it's always been called a temple space. But once they get kind of kicked out of that location for bad behavior, they, they're traveling, become the people of Israel, and they begin what's, they create this thing called the the tabernacle. And that was kind of a portable uh, garden temple type thing. And, and if you look at the construction of it, it was set up and taken down in the middle of the desert as they moved. But the, uh, the decorations in the interior of it were very much garden-like. There were pomegranates, there were trees, and it kind of resembled and reminded them of this templing with God, this and uh, honoring God, helping other people, and living in harmony with God. And so even though they were being transient, they had this, this tabernacle. Well, David now moves, Israel's got its own country, and now David wants to build the temple of God. And again, we're going to find, as you look at the scriptures, the way that it's decorated inside, it's a very, not only ornate in the sense of gold and all the other materials that are used, but it resembles garden-like um, design in it, reminding the people of the habitat of God. But one of the things about the, t- the temple, and whenever you tabernacled with God, was there God was honored and people were helped. It's where you brought the sick. It's where you brought the needy. It's where people would beseech God for help in their lives. So temple was kind of a twofold thing. It was honoring God and it was helping people. And so David is in the process of creating this literal temple. I mean, a physical object here on planet Earth. We're going to use that kind of as an allegory of what God wants to do in our lives with our uncommon treasure, what he wants us to be about. So he's going to begin to create this space, this this temple where God is honored and where people are helped. Now, those are going to be the two things I'm going to say about 20 more times today creating spaces where God is honored and people are helped. And we're going to find that whenever that space is created, 
That is a temple. That is a holy place where God is honored and where people are helped. But we're gonna learn a little bit from David and the people of his time. Coming out of the book of 1 Chronicles 29, then David, King David said to the entire assembly, now with all my ability, I have provided for the house of my God, the gold for the gold things, the silver for the silver, uh, for the things of silver, the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, the wood for the things of wood, onyx, stones, inlaid stones, stones of antimony, and stones of various colors, and all kinds of precious stones and alabaster in abundance. Moreover, in my delight in the house of my God, I love that, it's like we're finding out what his motivation is for this uncommon use of treasure, his delight in the house of God. The treasure I have of gold and silver, I give to the house of my God over and above all that I've already provided for the holy temple, namely 3,000 talents of gold and the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the building, of gold for the things of gold and of silver for the things of silver, that is for the work done by the craftsmen. And then he turns to the people and he says, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So he's kind of exhibiting this uncommon use of treasure. And then he he tells everybody about it, I mean, because he's gotta be an example and leadership requires an example. And so that's, that's what he does. He's like, okay, so uh, this is what I've given. Then he turns to everybody and he says, um, who will consecrate himself? And we learned about in week three that the word consecrate is this idea of being uncommon, giving your life to live uncommon, to bring about the character, the compassion, and the courage of God in the world around us. And, and so he's challenging everybody. He's like, Who wants to be uncommon? And this is the response. Then the rulers of the father's households and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the commanders of thousands of hundreds with the overseers over the king's work offered willingly, offered willingly. And for the talent of the gold of uh, the house of God, they gave 5,000 talents, 10,000 Dacards for of gold and 10,000 talents of silver and 18,000 talents of brass and 100,000 talents of iron. Whoever possessed precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in Jael, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart and King David also rejoiced greatly. So what they did was decided to honor God and create the space for people to experience the help of God and created this temple. And what we're going to track throughout today over the next few minutes together is that whenever we create a space that honors God, whenever we use our treasure to honor God and to help other people, we are, and I made this word up, we are templing. We are creating temples that whenever we bring the honor of God to a place through our resources and we bring help to other people through our resources, that we create a a, a place of flourishing, 
that resembles the garden, that we create a place where God habitats, where, where God is honored and people are helped. And so in Uncommon Treasure, what God is inviting us to is to create these spaces, these, these temple spaces, these flourishing spaces. So David gets busy doing this. But I know there's a lot of things that were named in this building of this temple. There were elements I couldn't, didn't even understand or don't even know what they looked like. But what we find from Jesus, he says, whenever you give a cup of cold water in my name, you bring help to other people and you honor God. In Matthew 25, 40, he says, truly I say to you, as, as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. There is this always this convergence between honoring God and helping other people. And that when that happens, God is like, listen, that's temple. I inhabit that. That's the kingdom of God coming to earth. And it doesn't matter if it's gold and frankincense and myrrh or, or some of the other things that are mentioned here. What it matters is, is it your resource? Is it something that you have? Is it a wealth of yours? It, it could be a house. It could be, it could be giving somebody a ride. It could be uh, putting somebody up in a room. It could be something that you use your money for. But the idea that's being communicated through, through the word of God is, is that uncommon resource builds a space that honors God and helps other people. I love it too. It's, they weren't just creating a space. Um, it had atmosphere also. Um, I, it used two phrases over and over again in, the, in that story. They offered so willingly and with a whole heart. See, normally this is about the point where you're thinking, I know, you've been in church for a while. This is where he goes into his tithing sermon. This is where he begins to talk about 10% of your income. This is where he talks about, you know, the book of Malachi. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I am not going to cheapen the word of God by, by communicating that way. Is it all true? It is all absolutely true. But that's not what's going on in this story. This isn't people adding up their salary, carrying the one, and then it's like, yeah, but then I paid taxes, and then, yeah, but then I sold that house, but I reinvested the money, so I don't have to pay taxes on that, and then, and then okay, multiply it times 0 0.10, boom, okay, there's my check, and then I give it to the church. That's not what's going on. This is not somebody, and, and again, I am trying to untie the boat so that we can move the boat, all right? So I may sound like I'm attacking biblical principles. I'm not attacking. I'm, I'm, I'm attacking the way that you've been tied to them. And so I got to loosen the line from the dock so that we can shove the boat off. We're not going to lose the boat. But this, but this idea that you're going to give, and for some of us, if you're going to give so that you can get a tax write-off. And I thank God that you give, and I thank God that you make enough money that the IRS would even notice. But we can get into a habit of, well, I'm going to do my 10% or I'm going to do whatever the, my accountant tells me I need to give this year in order to everything to balance out. And, and, or I'm going to add up what is a tithe and, and then nitpick over what a tithe is. And I just want to untie that thing. I mean, I'm not going to use the book of Malachi that you're cursed with a curse because you don't give. 
and that if you give, I will open up the storehouse of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. I could use that verse. And that verse is true, very true. But the problem is, is the way that that verse has been tied to the dock. Because in an American church, we do it, we, we give to get. And this is giving to build. This is giving to bring, not to get. And this is different. I love at the end of the story, after they said, yeah, we will give, and they offered so willingly, and they offered with their heart, with their whole heart to God. There's a little verse that just says, and the King David rejoiced. And why did he rejoice? Because they had a lot of money in the bank? Uh, Because their giving campaign produced a lot of money? It's like, no. It's like, man, look at these people's hearts. They, they want to honor God, and they want to help other people. And David rejoiced. And I really believe that when we become a people who are uncommon with our treasure, I think God's like, yeah, that's what it's about. It's not about trying to extract money from you from tithing by scaring the heck out of you. I remember hearing sermons all my life that if you tithe, your dishwasher won't break, or you won't get a flat tire, or all of a sudden, you'll go to your mailbox And there'll be a check there and you didn't know where you were getting it from, you know? And all of us were like, you know, if you send in a seed gift to the TBN network, and yes, I just named that out loud. If you send out a a gift and you got to plant a seed to reap a harvest, uh, uh, you know, I am so sorry. Uh, But I, uh, I'm telling on my profession, okay? I'm telling on my profession. I'll even tell you another thing. You know what's mostly uh, common among churches? Is that their board of directors of a church, because you gotta have them, are usually wealthy people. Why, why? I'm telling you why, because I'm a pastor and I'll tell you why. Because if I can lock down a wealthy person on my board, I am locking down their wealth. I don't want no poor person on my, I don't want their poverty locked down on my wealth. You see where that logic goes? And then all of a sudden we make discriminating choices on people and I'll have wealthy people on the board because they know what they need to do with money. And, and some of the most ungodly human beings have been on church's boards because they have had wealth. So I want to untie that boat and push it off. We'll jump in it at the last moment, but we need to untie these biblical principles from the usury that we have used them even as Christians, I, hey, listen, I'll tell you how my tithe and offering go in. Direct deposit. Direct deposit from the bank goes automatically to the church. And, and God's really kind of like, hey, dude, that really, there's nothing organic about that. It's like, yeah, but I need a system or otherwise I'm taking my money to Disney World. Uh, and that, there's a part of that that's true. And it's like, hold on, no, no, no. It's about God honoring. What? I understand you got a system, but where does your system have a moment where you honor God? And is your system helping other people? And it's like, you're right. Even, even giving, I can be disconnected from the way that God wants us to be uncommon. So I am willing to risk losing your money in order for you to give rightly. So, And it doesn't matter how much money that you have. It doesn't matter what your resources are. It doesn't matter at all. Um, 
Because God can use whatever to begin to move the obstacles that are in front of other people's lives. God can use little to, to be honored in. He, he narrowed it down to a cup of water that whenever you give it in my name, you've done it for me, the kingdom. This is a temple moment. I want you to show how a little something can move bigger objects. Let's watch. The smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. Wow. It's, uh, the physics teacher got all excited. That was, that was cool, though, wasn't it? I mean, I was, at first, I've watched this, like, over and over again, and, and he even said there was 13 of them, and it's like, I don't see it. Well, they were so small, but the impact of that small one started the cascade of impact around it. And, and this is what Jesus is talking about. This is why the disciples, like I was amazed that that 100-pound domino got knocked down. This is what Jesus is communicating to his disciples. They're standing in the temple, that place designed to be a place where people honor God and also where God meets with people and, and help happens. And we're told that he looks at this one woman and, and she, she's about to give what's called a widow's mite. It is the smallest denomination of currency at the time. But Jesus is super impressed with it. Listen to what he says. And Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I say to you, Remember the king gets happy? Truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all out of their surplus put into the offering, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. She gave with her whole heart. And isn't it amazing? Jesus is like, just rejoicing over this woman. He's, he doesn't, it's not like, come on, lady, get, get out of the way. You got, you got two pennies. Have you ever noticed, at least in my generation, um, we used to stop and pick up coins off the ground. You know, and it's interesting what size coin I would now stop to pick up. Okay? Uh, when I was younger and when the economy was a little bit different, you find a penny or maybe three pennies, even if they were sticky, because, um, you know, like they'll have like, from like from a movie theater or something like that, they'll have like Coke on the bottom of it, Coca-Cola on the bottom of them. And so you pick them up and you get three, you'd stop for it. And, and then there was, there was a point where you'd see pennies and it's like, I ain't picking up a penny. And then it became like nickels. And, uh, you know, and, now we're up to diamond quarter level. You know, it's like, you see a penny, you see a nickel, you probably just walk right by it. Now you see a dime, you're kind of like maybe a quarter. I'll stop for a quarter, you know? 
And it's why, it's because we, the way that we esteem wealth. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, this is a woman that gave her pennies. He's like, I see this. She gave, and it wasn't about the dollar amount. It wasn't about add it all up, subtract, pay the IRS, then here's your 10% and give it to the church. This was out of a, what he noticed was a willing heart. That's the big thing. That's what we need to get back into, in, into what we think about wealth, what we think about giving is, is the atmosphere that we create. See, together, we are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? You together are that temple. See, when we begin to grow together, as we begin to give together, as we begin to honor God together and begin to help people together, we, we are the temple of God. It's not this building this is such an unimpressive building. I mean, just for a second, just kind of look around a little bit. Uh, I don't know what's going on up there. Uh, I mean, I think the fiberglass is falling down. <laughs> We're like a nightclub. You know, like, you know, like nightclubs, they don't turn on their lights until after two o'clock. We're like that because we don't want you to see how the building really looks. But here's the thing. Yes, some of that stuff is important, and we'll probably, that'll probably be fixed by next week. But the point is this. This isn't the temple. You are the temple. And we grow as a temple. We grow in power and strength as a temple through our uncommon use of our treasure, how we give, how we honor God. Let me give you an example. This new church had been born, the book of Acts. Now remember, they're a fledgling church couple thousand people, not many wealthy involved, not, not many politically in, uh, political involved. This is pretty much people who have been forgotten by society uh, type of people. And, and the church is, the Holy Spirit has come and empowered them and they go after it. And I want you to see how they are templing. They're creating a temple through everything that's happening here. It says... And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Because that's temple stuff. Everyone felt a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all who had believed were together. That's part of templing. And had all things in common, they began selling their properties and possessions and we're sharing them with all as anyone might have need. That's templing. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were continuing their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Wow. See, this is an uncommon use of treasure. It's not saying that they were incredibly wealthy people. It was saying that they took this idea of flourishing literally. That when they came together, they sought to honor God and to help one another. Again, it's like the double helix. It's, it's inseparable. That if you love God, you will help other people. It, it just happens. 
And then when you're helping other people in Christ's name, it is God honoring. But I want you to see the results of this. The results of this story is that there was a sense of awe of God's presence. That genuine needs were met. There was community and unity, and it grew. Thankfulness rose, not because of the drop of inflation, not because of the economy of the world around them, but thankfulness rose, and then God added to to their people. People joined in. See, right there, it's not brick and mortar. That's temple right there, is that when we use our treasure in an uncommon way, we are temple, that we possess a sense of the presence of God that stirs an awe in it, that genuine needs are met among us, that community grows, that people become thankful for what God's doing in our mess, and that God says, yeah, you're a faithful people, and I'm gonna add people to you. That is a temple, and that's what God wants to create out of us. He wants us to be about our lives templing, I mean, so I, I thought about it. It's like, well, what about Crosstown? What, how does Crosstown temple? How do, how do we together temple? Well, and, and I'm, I'm particularly thinking about how do we use money? How do we use wealth? How do we use this property? How do we use our resources at Crosstown? And so I began to think, it's like, well, we're creating learners, lovers, and leaders in people's lives, in their relationship with Christ, and the world around them. We are building, we are building temples of God in each and every individual. We are ministering to families, to marriages, uh, to people who are destitute, to people who are dislocated in life. We're rescuing their lives. We're we're ministering to children and and to youth. We support the Bear Foundation. That's a a very helping um, fostering of children. That's a real God-honoring people helping kind of thing that we're doing. Some of you are sending the youth on a summer retreat. That summer retreat cost $750 a student. I don't know about you. Because when I heard that number, I'm like, no, no stinking way. No, there's, there is no way my kids are going on that trip, especially if you got two kids. You know, I mean, twins, can you imagine that? Be sorry, you're going to heaven. You're going to go to hell. Or you're going to have to go to Disney World this year. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, But um, so this whole idea, but some of you heard that and gave out of your wealth to honor God and to help people, and we were able to lower the price to $250. Why? For what purpose? Yeah, it was a lot of money. Um, For what purpose? so that God can be honored and that people can be helped in the life of a youth. I mean, that's worth giving. Do you you see why nickeling and diming for 10%, me passing an offering plate three times a service and having somebody bellow out a song. Do you know most songs are bellowed out at church so we can get more money out of you? I am telling on us. And, in, and I want to untie that boat. I want to be the kind of giver that the king gets excited about. 
who gives with a willing heart, that gives with their whole heart. This, this coming month, we are going to be launching our compassion campaign. We want to be a church that supports children in other countries. And we're going we're gonna to have... We're going to lay it all out, and we're going to put it right in front of you, and we're going to invite you to be a part of that. It's a God-honoring and people-helping ministry, and we want to be a part of templing in other countries. This coming uh, June, we're going to be doing VBS. And um, it's like, why VBS? Isn't Isn't that child care? Isn't that free childcare for people? And, and don't people just put their kids in all the VBSs up and down Beast Ferry Road? And it's like, I don't care why they do it. We're gonna be templing. We're gonna be honoring God in children's lives. We're gonna be helping children learn about God. We're gonna be templing here. And so we're inviting you to be a part of it. Matter of fact, right after today's service, there's gonna be an interest meeting for uh, finding out more about VBS in our our uh, town hall. So we invite you to be a a part of that. It's like, why are you doing that? Is it because we like having 300 kids here? Um, Well, when we're honoring God and helping people, yeah, that's exactly what we love doing. We invite you to be a part of that as well. I'll tell you a little thing. I don't know where it's gonna go. I know it should go, it should become something. Um, Is I have a particular burden for families with autism. I got in there from around the corner. I don't have an autistic child in my family, but uh, I, we saw somebody at Crosstown wrestle with trying to integrate with our church with an autistic child needing care and all of a sudden realized how difficult it was. And I'm willing to bet most of us here don't know how difficult that is, especially depending on the level of autism in the child's life. Normally, we have uh, one teacher to about eight kids back there. But with an autistic child, you need a one-to-one ratio. And you probably need somebody trained, which means you're going to pay, probably. Okay? And, and there are very few churches in this city that are prepared for autistic children. Not because the churches are bad. It's just it's a really tough thing. But I'm telling you what. With somebody's uncommon treasure... If we get a hold of enough uncommon treasure, I believe we can do that and help families that have autistic children for at least two hours once a week to relax, encounter God, get their, their, their hearts filled with hope while we take care of their children. That would be absolutely amazing. I mean, I've got ideas and we're gonna, but God's always challenging us to think about where can you God honor while helping people around you. So I'm just challenging you to think about how you're using your wealth, how you're using your resources. Um, Because it's not just here at Crosstown. There's in your own personal lives. And God recently challenged me, and I'm gonna tell you about it. Some of you are kind of, really deep in the Bible, you're going to say, wait a minute, isn't your right hand supposed to know what your left hand's doing? You're not supposed to tell us that you're doing good things. But David, David spoke about what he gave to inspire other people to give. And so I'm not saying this to boast because I'm not an incredibly generous human being. So when I'm generous, I'm kind of amazed by it as well, okay? 
But l- l- let me just tell you how God helped me in this process. I live in a, a little subdivision that lives on a dirt road. And, uh, you know, it's a really nice house. And I love living there. We've got deer and tidal creeks. And it's just a beautiful thing. But you have to drive down this road to get to my house where there are so many different kinds of people on that road. I'm willing to bet that probably half the houses are, are mobile homes, and that's okay. I have no problems with uh, my house's six mobile homes stacked on top of each other. Um, and I, uh, but most of them are burnt out. Most of them are kind of suspicious, but I drive down that road and I'll wave to people and I'll wave and I, and I'll be look at you, you're being really nice, driving through the neighborhood, waving to people. Wow, you're going to change the world, waving to people. You know, most of the people don't, won't even look at me. But, and so uh, God's like, listen, you know, you spend more money on your birds than you spend helping anybody on your street. I'll tell you, I spend $45 a month on bird food. And I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, we're going to another church. Okay, well, before you do, add up your Hulu, your Disney Plus, your ESPN, your DirecTV. And I mean, it's, I mean all of a sudden you're gonna find a, all of us. But it was like $45 a month goes to the birds. And I feel really good. I feel like a, I'm saving the environment. <laughs> you know, and, and I just feel really good about myself. But God said, spoke to my heart. It's like, you know you give more to the animals than you give to people created in my image. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So instead of kicking out the birds, God wanted me to kick it up with giving to other people. So there's a man in my neighborhood who stands on the end of the road, and, and um, he's different than me in every way possible. Every way possible. He's different than me. And I'll wave to him, and I'll say, hey, how you doing, Mr. So-and-so? And, and he'll wave to me, and I know he's dirt poor. And at his trailer, there'll be some activity around it. Every, like, third week, there's a cop car there. Uh, but he's about my age, and he's all by himself. And God spoke to me and said, you need to be how he eats. You need to take care of him better than you take care of your birds. So I'm like, okay. So I went to the grocery store, got some stuff, got some hot food, and then I got some canned stuff, you know, that you could open up. And, and, um, but I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to drive by and I'm going to put the bags on this porch because I want to be anonymous, you know. That's not it. I didn't want to get dirty, okay. I didn't want to go in his house. I didn't want to go in the trailer. They may be smoking weed in there. It may be gross. You may have a few ladies in, the, in there and some stuff going down. You know, there may be some drug activity going down. And God is like, no, 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 no. In this concept, which I now call templing, God was like, no, I asked you to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. So I need you to walk in there. He needs to know you. You care about him. He needs to see your face. So I'm in there. And I am telling you what, first of all, it was as neat as a pen, and it was a really nice place, so that kind of busted up my little stereotypical brain, which I needed it broken up. 
And then I began to look around at his appliances because when I was looking at his appliances, I'm like, does your refrigerator work? Yeah, it does. Okay, that hot plate over there, does that work? Yeah. Do you, do you have a stove? No, I don't have a stove. Okay, well, how would you cook a hot meal if you had it? And he showed me how we would cook. I said, how about pots and pans? Yeah, yes, I have pots and pans. And, and so what I'm doing is I'm inventorying to find out, I don't want to bring him food he can't cook, you know, or a can he can't open. And so I look and there's tears streaming down his, his eyes. And I realized, I didn't know the language of it, of it at this point, but I had just built a temple in the middle of this guy's burnt out trailer because God was being honored. And then all of a sudden he starts talking to me about Jesus. I mean, he's like, God bless you. And he's going into, he goes, I hope you have a day, a good day at church. And, you know, and he's talking about, tell your wife I said hi. And, you know, he's going, I'm like, what is this? How did all that get loosened up? Because a God honoring, people helping moment occurred. Uncommon treasure. It will cost me less than $200 a month to keep this man fed happily. $200 a month. That's nothing. That's nothing when you add up all the superfluous lattes and uh, fantasy football websites and betting, not betting, I didn't say that out loud, all the other things that I do. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> and so um, this is what God's calling us to, uncommon treasure. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. That's so common, isn't it? Oh, how about this one? Give and it will be given to you. I'll add the rest. Press down, shaken down, runneth over into your bosom, it will be poured out to you. Okay, I don't even have to see that part of the verse. I've had that quoted to me so many times. Why? It's because it's been preached to us, this is how you get. We need to untie these uncommon principles because they are uncommon. We need to untie them because they were tied to the dock the wrong way. Let me say it this way. These verses have been used in a common way to motivate people to give so that they can get in return. But the uncommon intention of all such scripture is not getting, but bringing. That's what it's about. Bringing about the honor of God and the help of others. These are not verses so that, so that we can get wealthier. But that's how we use them, isn't it? Some, some prosperity gospel preacher will come up and tell us that this is just mail it in, send it in. You give and you'll see that the Lord will do that. It's like, okay, I'm giving to get. And the crazy thing is, it does say that but we tied it to the dock the wrong way. It's the right boat, but the way that we used it, we used it on ourselves so that we could survive, so that we can enhance, and so that we could save. But it really was intended so that we could bring temple into other people's lives. us, I don't have to tell you that you have to give 10%. That's why Paul never talks about tithing. That's why the book of Acts doesn't talk about tithing. It's not because it wasn't 
wasn't an uncommon principle that has its root in scriptures. It's because they tied it to their dock differently. They wanted to see the kingdom of God come. They wanted to see the, they wanted to see the awe of God, the unity of God's people, needs being met, people being added to their number daily. That's given a different way. And that's what God's calling us to do, to be uncommon with our wealth. Father, thank you so much. Lord God, for just sharing with us your desire to help people and also you being honored. They need to see your face. Like that man needed to see me in his house, that he was not a leper, that he was not beyond the reach of another human being. People need to see that you love them. And they see that by the way that we use our treasure. So Father God, speak to each and every one of us. For most, it may not be their birds. It may be something else. It may be about opening up a room in their house. It may be about giving rides. It may be about feeding somebody. But we all have some treasure. Even the widow with her two pennies, you looked at and you rejoiced because the way she gave, not the amount she gave. God, help us to be individually and collectively known as a generous, giving people, a God-honoring people. Help people to discover that we are the temple of God. So now we receive from you the one who gave freely, liberally, and gladly his own son. We eat and drink of this in this communion moment, remembering that you did not withhold any good thing from us. Lord God, we thank you for that. Help us and build us to be temples that honor you and help others.